Rogers scrambles He's left, winds up, runs the ball. He's got time at the 10 to the 5. Yes. To the end zone. Touchdown. And a dagger. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Gone for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. fans, welcome to the Brewers Trilogy podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for not only them diehard baseball fans, but also for those fans who enjoy cheering for a team that revolves around beer. My name is Tyler, aka T-Plush, your host for the show. I'm a contributor for reviewing the brew for Fansided and one of the co-founders of the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy podcast, where you can follow all the work that we do on Twitter at Trilogy underscore pod or on Facebook at Wisconsin Sports Trilogy. As always, I am joined with good buddy Trevor, a.k.a. Sunshine Bender, today. He is the host of the Packers Trilogy podcast, so we're gearing up for the uh, Packers versus Seahawks game coming up this Sunday. Make sure you check out the preview pod for that one. But as you know, we are here to talk some Brewers baseball today in our first podcast in the new year, in 2020. So... Trevor, before we get to all that, how are you doing today in this new year or new decade, as I like to say? Well, I'm doing all right. I still don't know how to feel about this, how this wild card weekend shook out for the NFC. Anyways, I I expected the Saints to win, and I didn't really want to play the Saints, but also I really did not want the Vikings to win and allow their fans some happiness. But I guess it makes the road a little bit easier, I think. Um, Seattle is more of a flawed team than New Orleans is, so hopefully that makes it a little bit easier for the Packers. And hopefully, I guess I'm going to be a Vikings fan this weekend so we can get another game at home because I feel more confident in that than I would be going to San Francisco. But outside of that, I'm excited for the Packers, and I'm having a good year so far. That's good. I know a lot of people have told me, Technically, the new decade starts in 2021. Are you? Can you shed some light on this? I'm confused. I thought this is the start of the new decade in 2020, but am I wrong in saying that? No, because you don't say it was the 91s. It was the 90s. It was the 2000s. It wasn't. No, it's not. It does not start in 2021. You are right. It starts in 2020. Yes. It goes from 2020 to 2029. Anyone that tells you otherwise is not a very smart human being. <laughs> That's good, because what we're going to talk about today is the top 10 Brewer plays of the decade, and the 2010s were taken into account for this, although no plays actually made it. <laughs> so I guess it's a little irrelevant, but still good for you to know that, yes, we did indeed start the new decade, because <laughs> I was thrown off a little bit when someone first told me that, so... Good thing I got Trevor, who was a little smarter than me, to shed light on that. <laughs> At least you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> so one time I'll give you a compliment. All right, before we get into the Brewers' top 10 plays, I do want to take a second here, Trevor, in reminiscence about your boy Josh Donaldson, who is not signed yet and is on many Brewer fans' wish list for a third baseman so far this year. And it's been reported, the Nationals, 
over the holidays, they actually signed two potential third basemen in Estrubal Cabrera and Starlin Castro, and they still have a four-year, hundred-plus million-dollar offer out on the table for Josh Donaldson. So, are your thoughts changing on Josh Donaldson at all, Trevor? Knowing he's going to make over twenty mil a year, or are you still willing to to fork it up for him? Uh, I would still be willing to give him his money because. Like I said, I think David Stearns overall has done pretty good. I think he's improved the depth of this team a lot, but I still think in order to be competing and making a deep postseason run, I think there needs to be a splash, and I actually think there needs to be two, in my opinion, one happening in free agency and then one at the trade deadline, I think is how this Brewers team could start the new decade off with a World Series win. That would be a great start to the decade. <laughs> and if you hadn't listened to our podcast before, you're now recapped on basically, you know, the last couple of weeks of December in 2019 and what we've been talking about. But Brewers have been relatively quiet, which is why today we're going to focus more so on some top 10 plays of the decade, make it kind of fun here. So this is based off an article I wrote that can be found on wiscosportstrilogy.com, our website, or if you go on our Twitter page at Trilogy underscore pod, you can find it. So it is a list that I created, but Trevor and I are going to alternate, go through them one by one here and kind of give you a, a synopsis of what plays we're talking about, why we liked it, and Trevor might even disagree with my list. So we'll see. It'll be a surprise for me as we go through this as well, too. But Trevor has volunteered to take play number 10, so we'll work our way down the list. And what is number 10, Trevor? Yeah, so number 10 is a triple play that happened back in September on September 23rd in 2016. Zach Davies was on the mound, and he, as what was pretty common with Zach Davies, was in some trouble in the first inning. And we were playing the Reds. Runners are on first and second. And the Brewer killer, Joey Votto, is up to the plate in a full count. Um, He absolutely scorched a liner over to first base where Chris Carter was playing. And by the way, when I read this, I completely forgot that he played for the Brewers. (laughs) He made a really nice play to catch the line ball. And then he was able to step on first for the second out and then threw over to Arcia who was standing at second for the third out of the inning. And that was kind of crazy because that wasn't the only triple play that happened that year. They actually had another one in April, a 5-4-3 triple play against the Marlins. And funny enough, Zach Davies was on the mound for that one again. I remember that play. It was fun. I remember both of them, actually. It's, it's just kind of a coincidence that Davies was on the mound. But for this, in specific, that number 10, I just, you know, he thought it was one of those days where Zach Davies was just off and didn't have his stuff. But hey, that's one way to get out of a jam in the first inning is turn a triple play. So I'm, I'm just going to start this off, Tyler. I already have issues with this list. And maybe this is just recency bias because I'm these other plays are more fresh in my memory. But your honorable mentions, I think there is many of them that already surpassed this play, for me at least. Brandon Woodruff's home run off Kershaw in the NLCS, that was better in my opinion. Keston's walk-off against the Cubs, that was one that I enjoyed more. Lorenzo Kane catch opening day this year, Josh Hader's immaculate inning this year, and then Trevor Hoffman's 600th career save all top that for me. That's fair. The only reason I did not put 
a few of those that you mentioned in at least in the top 10 or in the 10 spot is just because triple plays are so rare and the Brewers only turned three of them in the last decade. So it kind of got a little precedence just because of the rarity of it, whereas walk-off homers happen quite often. Lorenzo Cain certainly knows how to make home run robberies send games, but, but again, that's not very common either. Alan, if you had to pick one of those, which one would you put in this 10 spot then instead of the triple play? Oh, I was hoping you weren't going to ask that. <laughs> uh, that's really hard for me. Um, but just because of my love affair, I'd have to put Brandon Woodruff in that spot. That moment was just awesome. The spot it was in in the NLCS, how much that changed that baseball game, I think that would be number 10 for me. That's fair, especially in a big moment playoff situation. That definitely adds value to it being a top play. <laughs> it certainly was very fun and exciting to watch as well, especially off one of the greatest pitchers in the game. But yeah, it's kind of a good thing we brought up some of the honorable mentions already because now you know some plays that are not in the top 10, which should get you wondering a little bit more. So moving on to number nine, this one occurred in June of 2017. It is the Eric Thames rips his shirt off after a walk-off homer game. So this was against the Padres uh, going into extra innings. And I like to back up before the Eric Thames walk-off. Orlando Arcia had a gem in this game, making a diving catch, going to his right and throwing out Hunter Renfro basically from his knees to get him out at first was just the great play and kind of gave the Brewers some energy. And of course, you know, the rest from there, Eric Thames demolishes a baseball and in the celebration mob, the team just rips his Jersey off. And we all know how jacked Eric Thames is and his post-game interviews. (laughs) They're definitely exciting and you never want to miss them. So I think it's when I look back to the 2010s, one play that I won't forget just due to the the Eric Thames uh, X factor of this one. I don't mind that one. Again, I think there was some more iconic plays for me, at least recently, and again, probably recency bias for me. But I do I do like that play. Maybe Woodruff at the 9 and Thames at the 10 for me. It's okay. You can be a triple play hater. I understand. I, I will be. I will be. And <laughs> you said rarity played into that. How about Josh Hader's immaculate inning? Why, that's pretty damn rare. That is very rare. You're right. I'm going to play the fifth on that one for now until I have a better answer. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. All right. Number eight. So this one, this is our only true defensive only play, the rest of the top ten. Now, there are some other plays within this that we talk about some defensive plays before a big home run or something like that. But this is our last true defensive play. It occurred June 21st. 2017 and this was Corey Knables on the mound to record a save against the Pirates and Orlando Arcia is playing shortstop and it is hit surprisingly to the right side of second base so that's the second baseman side of the base and it looks like it's getting through it looks like there's not a chance somehow Orlando Arcia gets through he doesn't have to dive for this ball which I do not understand how he doesn't dive for this ball he picks it up on the run twirls his body around and delivers an absolute dart to first base to end the game. For me, that was the best play defensively that I remember pretty much of my Brewer fandom. I don't remember a ton before this decade. I mean, I watched the Brewers before that, but I not a lot of plays stick out for me for that. But this play was just 
absolutely perfect. It didn't mean a lot. I mean, June 21st can't mean a lot in the baseball season at that point, but it was just absolutely beautiful play by Arcia. Yeah, I agree, especially in terms of like just infield plays. And then you put it in the ninth inning with the with the runner on second. I mean, such a huge spot for the young kid and in a yeah, you know, like you mentioned, still kind of early mid-ish season season-ish for the Brewers, but they were trying to stockpile as many wins as they could. They weren't even supposed to be competitive that year. So it was definitely a fun fun play, and I'll remember that one as well. Another memorable, or let's call this one a moment at number seven. It's not one specific play, but within the same game, it's when Yelich hit for the cycle the first time against the Reds. So this is in August 29th of 2018. It was an absolute crazy game. 13-12 to 12 is the final. The Brewers end up winning. It was back and forth, a million lead changes. It was a bad day to be a pitcher in Great American Ballpark, that's for sure. But Christian Yelich ends up hitting for the cycle, going 6-for-6 six six with three RBIs. And then you know the history from there. Just 20 days later, he obviously does it again, which doesn't go on account to my standings here. But, man, you don't see very many games like this and certainly the offensive explosion from the Brewers and the Reds kind of helped Christian Yelich get a chance at hitting for the cycle but uh, it was an awesome game and one of those memorable ones you'll definitely remember in terms of just great individual performances this has to be probably a little bit higher maybe the best one we've seen in a Brewers uniform this decade would you say Tyler that I can think of right now in one game I mean Ryan Braun I think he had six hits was in 2018 and that like 18-inning game against them was at the Mets or something, but still, he didn't hit for the cycle, so doesn't definitely not as valued as hitting for the cycle like Yelich did. Yeah, that was just a really impressive game for him. The next one, we are to number six. Um, this was this year, September 16th. So this was within a week after learning that we will not get Christian Yelich for the remainder of the season, but somehow the Brewers were able to keep finding ways to win to kind of keep the September magic going for a second straight year. And this game happens to be against the Cardinals and the Brewers were trailing four to three in the top of the ninth and good old trusty Ryan Braun steps up to the plate with the bases loaded and the Brewers were down to their final outs. Ryan Braun was battling the whole at bat, got into a full count and then smashed that go-ahead grand slam into left center field and the Brewers were able to hold on to the victory in that one and that was a really really pivotal game going back to this most recent season because there there wasn't a ton of confidence that they were going to for sure lock up that wild card spot um, and this game really made gave them a chance and actually gave them a chance for the division um, this whole series in general and I just think this was a very important moment for this team and allowed them to have the confidence without Christian Yelich on the team anymore. And I can remember watching this game, like chewing my shirt in half, like in nervousness. And when Braun hit it, I didn't think it was out. Like, <laughs> No, it barely got over. <laughs> yeah, it barely did. Like I, even Brian Anderson wasn't excited at first until all of a sudden he knew it was gone. And I was like, holy cow. <laughs> so... And it was just another clutch moment for Ryan Braun, who obviously will appear later on in this list again as well. Moving over to number five, we're going to back up to 2017 towards the end of the year. This is Travis Shaw's walk-off home run against the Cubs. So to kind of set the scene up, 
The Brewers were competing for the wild card spot. The Cubs are pretty much a lock for the division at this point, but the Brewers, no one expected them to be this far, so every win is magnified in September. And on this day, the Cubs sent forth Wade Davis in the ninth inning. So he had recorded 38 consecutive saves, and actually in the ninth inning, he blew that save to a frozen rope home run by Orlando Arcia. So the game ended up going into extra innings. The Cubs get a run in the top of the 10th, just kind of deflated you, and you're like, oh man. But the mayor of Ding Dong City came up clutch in the bottom of the 10th, hitting a walk-off homer into left center, right into the Brewers bullpen from what I can recall, and... Definitely one of the best Travis Shaw moments that I can recall off the top of my head. And given the magnitude and how much the Brewers needed this win, I think that's why it got bumped up to number five. Even though the Brewers didn't make the the playoffs that year, it it certainly gave them the confidence that they can compete with some of the elite clubs uh, that were viewed in the MLB at that time. Yeah, I I would agree with you. This was an absolutely huge home run. I remember freaking out to this play when it happened when you brought this up to me that we were going to do this instantly I thought this was a top three play Um, and then going through your list I think you nailed the top three for the most part I have one issue with your top three but we'll get to that in a minute I would have liked to see this one in the four spot I would have flipped your four and five so not a big difference but I just think just for the franchise this seemed extremely big this home run like you said they didn't make the playoffs that year but just the way it happened against against the Cubs against Wade Davis who was absolutely ridiculous that year like you said he had 38 consecutive saves that year and the Brewers were able to break that up in the ninth and then in the top of the 10th Travis Shaw doing this at Miller Park right into the Brewers bullpen it it just was an iconic moment for me and really I think flip the switch for this Brewers team going into that incredible 2018 season and speaking of that season early on in that 2018 season April 3rd the Brewers were matched up against the Cardinals and they were down a run in the bottom of the ninth and the Cardinals sent out Dominic Leon to get the save for the Cardinals and he got two outs in the ninth And on a 2-2 count, Christian Yelich ties the game with a home run. And it was to the Toyota territory, so an absolute bomb for him. And then Brian Braun comes up and hits a bomb to left center on the first pitch, making it his fourth career walk-off home run and really had a huge moment um, early on in that season that, like Tyler says in the article, was one that we will not forget. Yeah, I could understand your reasoning for flipping four and five around here. When I was trying to remember all the plays, (laughs) maybe this one is where I pull the recency bias on this one (laughs) because I can vividly remember watching this game and just going absolutely nuts. Such a great moment. And to put Yelich, I think, in the top four, he needed a spot up there. Moving on to number three. We're going to go back to the postseason in 2018. So it is the first game against the Colorado Rockies, and this is the Mike Moustakis walk-off single. So, I mean, man, you back up just a little bit until this point. Brewers have that incredible September run, win game 163, end up getting the NL Central Division for the first time since 2011. 
and you get into the top of the ninth inning, and the Brewers are in a save opportunity. So who the closer that year was primarily Jeremy Jeffress. So Council sends him out there, and he blows the save, which was total deja vu to 2011. You think back when John Axford blew game one against the Diamondbacks after an incredible season. Oh, it, that gives me chills thinking about that. But obviously game tied, and then, you know, the rest. Mike Moustakis on a 2-2 count with two outs in the inning, ripped a hard liner into right field and gave the Brewers a game one victory and on a way to a sweep of the Colorado Rockies. So huge momentum shift for the Brewers. Even cooler that they got to do it at home. And yeah, kind of kind of helps set them up on their way to success in that 2018 postseason. Yeah, I, I have been to quite a few Brewer games. Um, I would like to see more Brewer games, but this by far, I was at this game, this by far was the loudest I've ever heard that place. Just, it was absolutely electric when this happened. I'm pretty sure moose chants were happening for three minutes after the Brewers left the field. It was absolutely amazing. And being in the building, uh, I... I don't even care the amount of money I spent on those tickets because that moment, not even the game, just that moment from Mike Moustakis was absolutely incredible. And after that blown save, I'm like, God damn it, they're going to lose this game. But like you said, Moose came up clutch, and it was just great to be there, um, and I'm really glad I was. And Strictly because of that, I would have put this ahead of your number two just because I was there, and that's probably not a fair way to put it, but it was awesome being in Miller Park for that. So I would have it at two uh, in terms of plays of the decade, but I understand why your number two is your number two. Um, So back in 2011, on September 23rd, Tyler has his number two play as the Ryan Braun go-ahead three-run home run Uh, And this was against the Marlins, who were trying to play spoiler. And spoiler alert, they did a pretty good job of it. Um, If it wasn't for Ryan Braun, they probably would have done that. So if you go back to the fifth inning of this game, Braun made a great defensive play. He made a diving catch in left field and then absolutely threw a bullet back to first to get the double play to really help them get out of that inning and gain some momentum. But the Brewers still could not get ahead, could not get ahead. But Braun came up to the plate in the eighth inning, and because, you know, Prince Fielder is sitting behind him, the Marlins elected to pitch to him, and Ryan Braun made them pay tremendously with a three-run home run, like I said, and the Brewers were able to hang on to win that game, and they were just waiting in the locker room, watching to see if the Cardinals were going to win or not. And then the fans all were in Miller Park as well to watch the remainder of that game. Um, and it was it was incredible to see Miller Park erupt and everything happen when the Cardinals lost and make the Brewers the NL Central champions in 2011. That was a great moment. And really, outside of the 2018 season, we haven't had success like that. So obviously, this was going to be way up there on the list. And... It was it was great to remember that 2011 season. That moment was just awesome. Watching videos back that had people have put together. You, there's like Ryan Braun interviewing, just being like, "Yep, today's the day. We know it." And then he goes and has this moment that gives the Brewers a three run, a three run homer to go ahead. And 
was ultimately the home run that captured the division uh, thanks to the Cardinals losing. And, yeah, that 2011 season was awesome. I mean, growing up as a kid, you know, I think I started watching the Brewers mid-2000s probably when they were, eh, they had some exciting players but couldn't quite put it together. And then I can remember listening to this game. I would have been in high school yet. I remember I was listening to it on the radio, so I got to listen to Euchre call it. <laughs> and uh, such a great moment. And, again, hearing it from Mr. Baseball was awesome. So it's good to see the Brewers capture the division that year and then as well two times throughout this last decade. Both of them were very memorable as well. But if you have not guessed, you should by by now know what the number one play is, and that's going to be T. Plush's walk-off single against the Diamondbacks in Game 5 of the NLDS that would eventually send them to the National League Championship Series. That was a back-and-forth series, as I mentioned, tied at two games apiece, and there was a theme with twos here. The game was also tied 2-2 two to two in the 10th inning. The Diamondbacks sent forth J.J. Putz, who was great closer for the Diamondbacks. I think he was just on the Hall of Fame ballot um, from what I saw over this last weekend as well. But Niger Morgan, or Deep Blush, up to the plate. 2-2 game, 2-2 count. There's my themes of twos, and then he rips that single into center field. Carlos Gomez was standing on second and came flying around third never intended on stopping and he just goes supermaning across home plates and just the whole crowd erupted and hearing euchre call that play just oh it's it's by far the number one play of the decade that all brewer fans should remember and i don't think anything even comes close to this and the fact it came from niger morgan <laughs> and his swagger uh just makes it even better because he was one of those guys that he gave you so much energy and was someone you came to see do something great. And he happened to do it on one of the biggest stages in baseball uh, for the Brewers in this last decade. Immediately when you said this, I knew this was going to be number one because, like you said, it was absolutely iconic. This was after not being able to see any postseason baseball for how long in Milwaukee. So, Granted, I guess 20 or 2008, but whatever. This moment was just absolutely incredible. The crowd's reaction, I still I have a picture pulled up here of the reaction from Niger Morgan and him doing his holding his arms out to the side. And it just brings back a lot of memories of a lot of the players that were on that team. You know, Ricky Weeks, Corey Hart, Prince Fielder. Like, it just, it was incredible. And I, like I said, I still love seeing that picture of Niger Morgan and the excitement from him, from the fans in the background. It was, it was just an incredible moment and definitely needed to be the number one play of the decade. I agree. Seeing how that's where I put it. So <laughs> we'll end, we'll end on a good note in that regard. I think we touched on our honorable mentions already. The only one I think we didn't mention was Ryan Braun's walk-off homer versus the Rockies in 2011. And that one I vividly remember because Trevor got to see Moose's walk-off in 2018. I was at this game in 2011. I believe it would have been is the 10th or 11th inning. I know they're in extras, and Ryan Braun just hit a crazy far ball into right center near the, like the Miller Lite bullpen or beer pen deck, and I was in, I was on first base side, so I got to watch the ball travel, and oh, 
you I know it probably doesn't get as loud as it did for Moose's walk off, but that one, yeah, that's as loud as I've heard Miller Park when I've been there. So yeah. all during great times for the Brewers anyway. I, w- I but, wish I was there for the Niger Morgan walk off. I imagine that <laughs> roof almost came off that place. <laughs> if I was there, I'd still be partying from that hit because it was so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hopefully the Brewers put together a lot of great moments here in the 2020s for us, the Roaring Twenties, as they like to say. And hopefully by 2030, we can talk about some more awesome plays that happened throughout this decade. But until next time, which I'm not sure when it'll be, for the Brewers have been awfully quiet as of late, but we will uh, talk to you guys next time and make sure you're checking out our Packers Trilogy podcast and Bucks Trilogy podcast as well. So see you later, Brewer fans. Trust in Stearns.